0: welcome to the tin biscuit podcast before we get on with today's podcast
1: i just want to say a massive thanks to our new sponsor and they are called rip it up horror and they do things like horror dolls so like they would take a barbie doll or a buzz Lightyear year doll and um sort of mess it up so it looks horrory and scary gory and sick so they're our new sponsors go check them out there's um a 10 percent code if you use the code tb3 that's capital t capital b and three Given that code, um, tin, like sort of Tim Biscuit Podcast, obviously, so it'll be TB3, and you will receive 10% off your orders. I will stick all the details. I think they're on Instagram and t- t- Twitter, so I'll stick them in the description below. Now, that's out of the way. We have got a returning guest, and Alex, you'll be soon um, holding the record for coming on the podcast nearly every week. I have to make a guest slot for you. <laughs> I
2: have love to it every week. Uh, well, maybe you, what we look, look at. <laughs>
1: um, so, the first two podcasts were sort of pretty serious, obviously very serious, but through them we learned that you like um, Northern Soul um, and like mod music. In fact, you are a mod. So, for the people out there, because was it more of a British thing to be a mod?
2: Originally, yes, it was. It actually, started it was more of an English sort of a working lads thing. Um, they just seemed to mushroom and grow. Uh, it was about trying to look as smart as you possibly could be in the cheapest way possible. And the cheapest way then was Italian scooters. And we found that we could make them look cool, they could be adapted, and you could wear your full suits on it. And that's what you ended up buying parkers. To, to, the reason you bought the parker was to wear over your suit in case you broke down. These are all the reasons how these things ended up coming to being into place. I wasn't original mod. I'm, I'm old, but I'm not quite that old.
1: What y- what year did like the mod scene sort of start? Because it was the mods and rockers, wasn't it?
2: It's kind of yes. Everybody's kind of blown up uh, into the kind of whole quadriphenia thing. Yes, it did happen. There was a couple, some riots and some skirmishes. Uh, it was the sixties. Uh, I want to say around about sixty. 163 sort of thing upwards that the kind of whole scene started to mushroom more and more that they're kind of getting into the music the clothes the scooters and a lot of them like the dancing as well because of the the connection to Motown um, I get into it round about I want to say I kind of I get into the jam when I was about 13 14 and I love the the style, the fact that they wore these, these you know, the suits with the the black suit, white shirt, black, men in black now, sort of, this was done as a band. And it was, that kind of got me into, they did a lot of covers on their first album, and that's what kind of got me into Motown and Northern Soul, to a certain extent. And I've kind of never really left it. But, uh, um, I, when I was 17... I decided that, yeah, this is something I want to do. It's it's a way of life. And I think to explain that, for me, what being a mod is, is I believe I am absolutely unique and different from anyone on this planet, as is everyone else. Therefore, I dress the way I want to dress to suit me. I don't dress for anyone else. Um, I drive what I drive to suit me, not to suit anyone else. It happens to look quite cool and retro. And it's it's been so much fun over the years. Um, We've covered great parts of the UK on these old shopping trolleys, because that's what they are. And the the experience over the years, as I say, has never left me. But being a mod B is that you believe that you're different. And for me, that means that I try to be the best possible version of me that I can be at all times.
1: Where did the scooters come from? Because obviously you were sort of saying about being a mod is the bed per- the best person that you can be, dressing smart, um, with a respectful for people to um, like other people.
2: Yes, yes, trying to be, you know, trying to make life. I think then in the original sixties, as in the eighties, uh, the late seventies, early eighties, when this big scooter revival kicked off again. There was a mass, you know, the wages weren't good, there was not real money, and this was a way of sort of a spending their time without getting into trouble, and it kind of mushroomed from, as I say, the scooters. They, they were, the two scooters were the Lombretta and the, the Vespa, both of them are Italian of design, um, there is dividing camps on both sides. I am a Vespa man. I've always had Vespas. Uh, Lammies are lovely to look at, but they seem to break down more than Vespas, and they break down an awful lot as it is.
1: <laughs> it was <coughs> excuse me? Was there a specific reason why you guys rode a scooter, not say something stupid like a car, BMX, or something like that? I mean um, BMXs will probably well, won't probably even out then. No, so no that's they a were stupid honest. thing to say.
2: No, likely, we'll Well, you did that one out. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's yeah. all unedited, so there you go. I'm just making myself look like a tit. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: well, what it was was that they were they were actually designed for nothing to the shops. There are, you know, effectively they are Italian shopping trolleys with a, a small engine in them, so they were cheap, easy to run. I can't, you know, I think a petrol could get you a couple of hundred miles, which was a lot of miles in those days. Uh, Still is today. Yeah. Um, you got more than a hundred miles with, I a think, a, a, a petrol in those days uh, for some reason. You got more for your money, and That was the thing. Um, but, uh, you know, so that was a, actually a cheap form, plus the fact that they're only a one-cylinder engine. So they're actually quite easy to learn how to work on them to a certain extent. And you'll always get people in the scene who are very good at engine work. Everyone's very good that way. They help each other. Because you're all brothers, to a certain extent, in a certain way, if that makes any sense, although you're all different.
1: No, yeah, definitely. Because like, the place where I live, Cleethorpes, um, they have massive scooter riders around here. And like, you often see them now and ev- every week, but you often see them at the side of the road as well looking puzzled and looking at the bike because they
2: broke down. I've spent many hours, and I do mean hours, at the side of a road trying to figure out what is wrong with this thing. And once we don't know what happened, by the way, I think it was something to do with the chaser plate, the, it kicked as if it was reversed. We had to take the HT lead off and tape it an inch and a half away from the spark plug, and that's the only way the engine would run. Yeah, Crain. some of the botch jobs have been absolutely legendary.
1: But surely that's part of the fun in having a scooter as well.
2: Oh yeah, because the the banter at the side of the road is fabulous. You know, because there's always, it's like the the council sort of a joke, you know, how many men does it take to fix a scooter? You know, there's two guys lying there trying to really figure it out and the other 17 there telling them how not to do it. <laughs> 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 there it is. But
1: now we've got that section out of the way. This is the section we've both been looking forward to, the music of the mods. Yeah. Uh, now, mods. I, I, I like well known for listening to Northern Soul. Things like the, <coughs> excuse me, the Who, but but more than that, Northern Soul. Why has Northern Soul got a massive impact on like the mod scene? I, I think it's
2: the the beat of the music. Um, And I kind of look at the, you know, people say, yes, it's the the clothes, the scooters, the music. It's it's also the beat, because you want to look good. So if you want to look good, you want to be able to dance good. And some of these songs, I defy anybody to not sit there and get a, a, a tap your toe feeling. And they've got a great dance beat, especially for Northern Soul dancing. Some of it's beautiful to watch. I was never the most graceful one, but. Yeah, I threw my lot into the pot. To be fair, you know, I did my best.
1: Sure, it's about enjoying yourself. Yeah, I um, went to a few Northern Soul nights at a at a place that's been knocked down now, and it's what Elves built on it. But it was the Winter Gardens in like Clee and I think I went to about two or three Northern Soul nights there. And the thing that I was looking forward to was um, the spinning. The day was incredible. Yeah, some of these guys are absolutely incredible mm. to watch. And they get the talcum powder out, and I take it that's for the grip, is it, on like the shoes?
2: It's, it's actually to make it slidier, to to tell you the honest truth.
1: Oh, the opposite.
2: Yeah, you, you, you're wanting the slidiness, uh, because if you've got the slidiness, it helps you move a lot smoother, shall we say. Um, some of these people can do moves that defy logic. And the thing about Northern Soul is it's actually really nice to watch. Because nobody's dancing for the crowd. No, they're dancing for the music. And they're in, the, they're, in they're dancing. For, there's no one else in that dance floor when you're on it.
1: That sort of music seems very cheery.
2: Well, it's, it's very uplifting. But here's the funny thing. Most of the song's about heartache, being left, you know, your woman's left, you, you know, the blues sort of thing. So it's soulful. So, yeah, it's like in a yin and yang sort of a thing, you know, the music dancing but when you listen to some of the lyrics you're like this is all the heartache
1: (laughs) yeah like most music so um northern soul and things like the jam the who what's your favorite if like you had to pick and leave one and never listen to it again and have one and have that for life which one would you pick and which one would you get rid of
2: oh right you can't do that to me oh we can (laughs) oh so i've got to choose between the reason it got me into it in the first place, and, oh, you're a bad man. If I'm forced to take an issue, and this means, yeah, it's not going to be an issue. I've made the choice. I would pick my Northern Soul.
1: Not really. Yeah, I would. You'd pick it over things like the Jan Dex's Midnight Runners and all sort of the, ma- <clears throat> excuse me, the madness scene, the beat, the selection, sort of
2: things like that. Yes, in a heartbeat, um, because the, when I was young, you're full of that angst as a teenager, you're full of anger, you know, you want to rebel. And that's, I think now, I, I caught the full punk scene, and that was the thing I didn't get. The, the punk scene was about anarchy, and it never made sense for me, you know, to take that anger anti establishment and create anarchy. Then along came bands like The Jam, and they were anti-establishment, they were all about anger. Political very political, violence. the jam, yeah. Yeah, they're very political in many ways, and that kind of got me into the jam. The jam in my band, I saw them six times live, I saw Weller about four or five times live, um, but it's a young man's anger, if that's any sense to you. Now that mm-hmm. I'm a bit more mature, shall we say, Yeah. It, it's not about that anger and angst anymore, it's about... Loving the life and enjoying it, being free.
1: Because it's not just about the music, is it? It's about a lifestyle. The same, pretty much, you've already sort of said about punk. It's more of a lifestyle, more of like the lyrics, especially, I mean, I played the drums. <clears throat> Excuse me, I used to be in a hardcore punk band, and it was more about the attitude that went behind the music than what actually the music sounded like. So you couldn't really define as such what a hardcore song was or like, what an emo song was, because emo shot for, like, it shot for emotional. So, yeah. like, back in, like, the 90s, there was a band called Split Lip. Now, if you were to wear that band now, you would think they're some sort of, in like, sort of indie-ish, rockish, but they were one of the founders of emo, and it was more of a lifestyle. So, does that apply to, sort of, northern soul? Because it applies to the mod scene, so I take it, it would, sort of, apply to the, that sort of music scene as well.
2: Yes, what you usually find is the majority of mods um are Northern Soul. Most mostly Marvin Gaye, Frankie Valley, The Four Seasons, Jackie Wilson, um Frankie from, Valley in the four seasons. Oh season. yeah, you you've got to listen but, to Frankie Valley. What Skills Don't Cry. Going no, no, on, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Pick up pick up the other songs, the ones that no one listens to. These are the ones that you're gonna hear. Um, some of these songs are phenomenal for dancing to, it. and I think that the What you find now is that most of the boys that started off as mods, as they got older, they become more scooter boys. Right. Right, and or they kind of within it's strange because within the scooter scene, you've got you've got your mods, you've got your of skinheads, and these guys got a bad reputation. By the way, it's not about. What the 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 whole skinhead image? It's a totally different thing. These guys are into the ska, the music, the way they, they. It's the way they. It's the way. It's like me being a mod. That's just the way they dress. Um, and you've got scooter boys who are rat scooters. So there's kind of different factions, but they all come together. Um, but usually find that mostly m- most people that's into Northern Soul are usually sort of are more leaning towards the mod side. I would say, in my opinion.
1: Cause um, you often see the fist on the side of scooters, and uh, is it Trojan? Is, is that it, one of the record labels?
2: Yes, uh, Trojan. And the keep the faith was a symbol that was sort of uh, synonymous with uh, the the Wigan Casino, which was the f- famous uh, Northern Soul place to go, and Blackpool was another place. There was, was places like Cleethorpes, uh, Manchester, so they were all over the place. And you know, people used to travel down from Scotland in buses. Just to dance to four or five in the morning and come up on the bus again. Really? Every week.
1: <laughs> it's it's um it's um my mad because I always thought you had to have a scooter to be classed as a mod. Uh, and is that the case? are you a true mod if um like you haven't got a
2: scooter? No, I don't believe that. Um I've never sort of been that school of thought. I've always thought that being a mod is trying to be as smart as you can on the budget that you have. So when you get older, you tend to have that cash freedom to buy the stuff that you couldn't get when you were 16, 18. Uh, and I think if you start then to be a complete and utter snob about it, then you're not really a mod.
1: Do you, do you find that in, like the mod scenes, sort of little clicks, that sort of... There's a bit of an ad, like oh, sort yeah. of hierarchy that people think they're better than others.
2: Uh, and It's more of the, you get some of the critics, you know, oh, that, that button is not unbuttoned, or, you know, it's not five-inch pipes, or any sort of an- anomalous, and, you, and I'm like, it's, n- it's not been, this has taken it too far. You know, it's about your interpretation of what being a mod is. Not theirs, not anyone else's, just yours. Resty please yourself. That's what I do. And
1: and I so, don't... so it's a personal thing then.
2: Very much yes, it's very much um, for me anyway. Um, it's about trying to for me to trying to look better than anyone else there because there is a there is a, a, a peacock element of it. Let's not kid ourselves. The scooters, the music, the clothes, the dancing.
1: And you saw that through the film quad like Quadrophenia when Sting. Was at the top, especially in the courtroom scene. I'm just going off memory now. I haven't like seen Quadrofini for about 20 years, so yeah. it's and it's where he got his checkbook out and just wrote it out and did like sort of did it. And there was Phil Daniels that was sort of a bit lower class, but he was friends with um like the biker and there was all that pie and mash scene. Yeah, um, it was
2: a great it was a great story in the sense of captured uh, some of the essence of that era. Um, the story is really about the four sort of stages of Jimmy's mental health, shall we say. Mm. Uh, that's the kind of story. The, the it's a good movie. My only issue was that Sting as the ace face for for anyone in the mod scene that's classed as an ace face, they have to be able to properly dance Northern Soul. That's my opinion. And Sting couldn't dance his way round the box. By the, look of, <laughs> by the looks of that performance. No harm to sing, because I think he's a phenomenal singer. He's wrote some great music, but I think he could have learned to do the dances a bit better. That's just personal.
1: So, again, we go back to Northern Soul, which we've already established is a massive part of the modern scooter scene. It's a massive part of your life, and it still is and has been. Um, so, if I was to ask you, say, well, we haven't got time for the top 20, so we'll ask your top 10. Of Northern Souls, and I would like them in order, so it's the very top one. But bearing in mind, I probably haven't heard of any of these. I know you sent me a list. Yes, and I've listened to some, and I do like it. It's not my favourite sort of music, and I think the thing for me, it's it's the way it's produced. It's 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 got that distance, that sort of fuzzy film over it, and that's one thing I don't like. But that's just my personal preference. That don't you know apply to but that's part of all
2: of it. To be right. honest, that sort of originality. You know, if we go, if you go to a, any sort of a any scooter rally dance theme, disco, not whatever you want to call it, they will not play anything other than vinyl music. It Has to be vinyl music only.
1: The same can be said when I was into hardcore. I came from, I mean I'm 43 now so I got into hardcore when I was like 16, 17 and the thing I didn't like about that was the production of the record because I um, came from things like Iron Maiden and Guns N' Roses. Then I was thrown into this DIY hardcore scene and that was the attitude of them taking a step outside of society, producing their own records, doing a demo in the bedrooms or in the garage and like getting it out there on a like your own, so I can see that, and I think it's a bit contradictory for me to say I don't like not keen on it purely because of the production of it. Yeah.
2: Okay, so I'm going to come in at number ten.
1: So we're starting from number ten, and we'll work. It's like top of the pops charts.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with number ten as be young. Be foolish, but be happy. By the Tams from
1: nineteen sixty-eight. Is that the one? Be young, be foolish, but be dead. Yeah, that's
2: the one. I can play a clap of it if you want.
1: That would be awesome. So we all get to hear it.
2: How was that audio?
1: That was good. I liked it. I was just drumming away, and then you stopped it.
2: So did you apologise? No. No, that's good. So, that's
1: oh, yeah. number 10. We could go into it. I not like these songs. Got a special meaning to you?
2: Yes. Um, if I go with Be Young, Be Foolish, Be Happy. Um, I've been at so many wonderful nights over the years, and it's always played... Usually, just at the end of the night, and the memories of so many people, and most of these people I don't know, on the floor, you know, getting right into it, loving it, and singing along with it, and so it's just got lots of happy memories of different places, and I kind of thought, it's it's one of those ones. Yeah, you want everybody to be young, be foolish, but be happy. And that was with yeah. that one. True. So, yeah. Right, I'm going to find number nine.
1: Number nine, okay, so let's go to number nine.
2: Number nine, I'm going to say is Seven Days is Too Long by Chuck Woods.
1: This one, I don't know.
2: Right. So that's that one. Um, I'll I'll print I'll post this by play, playlist play, play, play to you and you can maybe sort of sort of sort it of. out. So that's number nine.
1: I I will put it in the description. Um, I'll put the playlist in the description.
2: Okay, okay. So that's number nine, and that is another one that there's it's a kind of rare favorite that gets played at an awful lot of them and there's just a great chorus in it that makes you just want to get up there and let your heart go and do what your soul tells you. Um, so again, that's another happy one. Mm-hmm. Number
0: so, eight.
2: Number eight. Number eight. You're going to have to remind me if I've done one this again. Uh, right. Yes, this is number eight. This is Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons called Begging.
0: Let's hear it.
1: That's that's an old one, but has that been reused as a sample, or did someone use that song? Has it been re-released recently? Yes, it's
2: been used a couple of times. Um, various, various. I'm, I couldn't name them, but I know it's been used a couple of times, various places. Again, it's just another one that's. If you're on the dance floor and there's no one around you, it takes me to a place called uh, Kelso which is on the borders where there's a... That's where the the National Scottish Scooter Valley is. And I remember being in a room and there was only two other people in the room and I started dancing to that. And that always takes me back to that moment.
1: Sweet. Yeah, no, yeah, I've... Yeah. Got that one.
2: Right. What number am I on now?
1: You are on number seven
2: now. Number seven? Yeah. Right. I am going to school with Northern uh, Yvonne Baker. You didn't say a word.
0: Cool. Okay, let's hear it.
1: I don't think I've heard that one before.
2: No, uh, that's Yvonne Baker. Uh, that one takes me to an island in Scotland called Millport.
0: Right, okay, yeah, and cool.
2: Every year for the last 14, 15 years, ban the restrictions, there has been a bank holiday scooter rally. And scooterists from all over the UK and, and further, we've had guys from uh, Holland join us. And we take the island over for the weekend. And all the pubs become various gig venues or Northern Soul dance venues. And that takes me to a pub called The Newton. So I'm giving them some advertising. <laughs> and they had a fabulous DJ on. And he played that. And it, 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 was, it was like a scene from Quadra There was no room on the dance floor, yet people were dancing. And that takes me back to then. So that's what that one is.
1: Sweet, cool beans. I think we are on number six now.
2: Number six.
1: Yep.
2: Right. I am going to go with this. This is another Frankie Valley in the four seasons. And mm-hmm. it's called The Knights.
1: have a jig to all these songs now i have heard number five and i don't think you're gonna like what i'm gonna say but i don't like that song at all and the reason i don't like it is because it reminds me of my old work do's at christmas and the dj used to play it all the time and i just remember all the ladies that i ate working for (laughs) at that time (laughs)
2: um yeah, it's it's a slow burner one, and obviously because you know the song, um, usually it, it, that just takes me to so many different events that I've been to and just enjoyed dancing and seeing people dancing to it. I
1: oh, know it's definitely a dance song. People, you know, it's like sort of even my foot, like you know, was tapping, and I thought I I don't know why I'm doing it because I I ate this song, but I I think it's more of the memory it brings back. Of just the like sort of Christmas DJ playing the same yeah. thing for seven years and seeing the same old wrinkly faces dancing to it, it just no. <laughs>
0: so so. Now
2: we're at number four. Four.
1: Number four.
0: Right.
2: This is number four. This is Nolan Porter. If only I could be
0: sure. Uh huh. Go.
1: that's a more modern feel about it and I don't know if it's the guitar in it but I quite like that one, I was impressed
2: oh thank you
0: it's (laughs) alright
2: that's that's one that on so many occasions I've pulled the blinds down put the records on or if I didn't have that record obviously it was a CD um, and I would put the music on full blast a wooden floor, living room, and I just did my my thing. That takes me how many times I've danced to that song myself?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did like it. I, again, it goes back to that modern feel with like the guitar. So, like you know, it was quite prominent in them, like that song more so than the others. I would have thought. I yeah. could be wrong. <laughs> I normally am. Right,
2: number three. Number
1: three.
2: Number three is called. I'm on my way and it's Dean Parish. Um, this is special
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that, and the reason, well, not the reason why, but it also reminded me of a band, um, and I, I don't know what year they were, but there were an English band, I think, called The Babies, or The Babes.
2: Possibly, it's not a name I'm familiar with.
1: No, I'm, 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 I'm not going to check that. No, I, I really liked his voice. Uh,
2: uh, what, what year was that? Uh, of dean Parish. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll double check, but I want to say uh, 66, 68, time thereabouts. I could be wrong. I'll go for the purists. They'll know better than me. Um, that song is one that has played in my head uh, on my scooter in so many different rides that have been on my scooter. A long stretch of road and that's in your head and that song just plays and that I'm on my way just keeps you going, there's just something about it. No, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. And number two This is one that's going to probably shock a few people. Is actually Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean for number yeah. one. We yes. are number one, aren't we?
0: And this is Red Light Spells Danger. do it we've had that one yeah you
1: just want to take me back to my work do
0: <laughs>
1: must have
2: been a few mods at your old work then no <laughs> um the reason that one is my number two is is my scooter club glasgow east End scooter club that's the song that we adopted um, we just, anywhere that the Glasgow East End Scooter Club went in the UK, we always had that song play for us, and our whole scooter club, wives, partners, whatever, if they were there, we'd just take the dance floor over.
1: Well, that's two songs that you played me that were played on my um, works too now. So, like, the DJ might have been into um, Northern Soul. Now, I've got that song up, Alex. Before we hit number one, I'm going to play it. Um, and this is called. by a song called um, like the Babies. And this is called Isn't It Time? And this is the song that the song that you I think it was number three.
2: And
0: it, remi- it
1: yeah, and it remind me of this song. Can I might you hear that? Okay, yeah. You'll see why in a minute. Yeah, Couldn't Can I, like, you see why, or is it just me?
2: No, I can see it. I can feel it. I can hear where, where you're going with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, I've never thought, never heard that song, but yeah, I can see. But I think what happens is that there's only so many combinations of music, and everybody steals everybody else's ideas, and I think that's going on for years now. <laughs> well, they
1: were an English rock band, the Babies, and then I think they went on to um, do... Um, bad English, but um, it, I think, because I've played the drums, I've got, you know, this and that, I think they had an influence from Northern Soul, and I think a lot of bands back then did have an influence of like, Northern Soul, and that's why they're so melodic.
2: Yes, uh, that has to have that, that beat, because you can't dance to that beat otherwise, if that makes sense, because you've no. got timing yeah. just to get the moves right. Um, so that's m- my top nine
1: my so it's the one. number
2: one, and I'll give you the story behind number one before I play it. Yeah, go for it. Right, my wife and I were getting married. Uh, it's my second wife, and we were struggling for a first song. My you know, first dance is you get married because mm-hmm. um, you want to do something that's different, something unusual. And my oldest daughter from my first marriage bought me another Soul album for my Christmas. And on it was this song. And this song became my wedding song. And it's my favourite song. I had never heard of it before. It was one of those ones, don't know where this, never heard of it. And that's my favourite Northern Soul song because it's my first dance and it's what my daughter, my daughter inspired it, so we say.
1: So it's got a major emotional attachment to you as well then, for two reasons, your first dance at your um, marriage, and also it was recommended by or given to you by your
0: daughter. Yes. yes. um,
2: So this is it. This is I Love You More Today Than Yesterday by The Spiral Carpets.
0: Welcome to the world of Ladbrokes Game Shows. There's a friend. <clears throat>
1: said so that was uh
2: the spiral the
1: ah, i thought i thought you said in spiral carpets No, that's
2: okay. spiral staircase
1: right spirals yeah okay cool because i thought you said in spiral carpets at first yeah no spiral staircase that's
2: spiral My my accent i do apologize rick that's all right
1: no it's my earring i've got tinnitus and i can't hear the best as it is so that's from playing the drums without no earplugs on for about 20 odd years
2: <laughs> yeah i know the feeling
1: yeah um great stuff yeah I think number three was my favourite
2: brilliant that was good because that's that's the one that's always in my head when I'm on my scooter you know that I'm on my way yeah um, number
1: five number two the Billy Ocean one and that other one that reminds me of Wix do's I don't really want to wear (laughs) them ever again but on the whole there was a lot of them I didn't know the band or the name of the song, but did recognise. And I do find that with Frankie Valli on the Four Seasons, that he's done more songs that I would recognise than I knew that they didn't, if that makes sense. But oh, yeah. they did that song. Oh, they did this song. So they're very versatile, but yeah, impressed with all of them, except for the two that obviously we know about. <laughs> now, we've got you Northern know, the sort of, What song is your most favourite song Ever.
2: My most favourite song ever um, is a song by the jam called The Butterfly Collector. That uh, starts off very melodic, doesn't it? Very slow. Yes, and then goes at 100 mile an hour. Yeah. That's my favourite song. That's the song I sang when I was in the band. That was my song. Um,
1: and would you say the jam's your favourite band like
2: well? Yes, yes. Uh, right, yeah. top
1: five songs
2: of the jam, Go. Top five songs uh, in jam. In first place, butterfly collector. In second place, I'm going to go with the f- uh, fly. In third place, uh, I'm going to go with um. I'm going to go with when you're young. Great and time, yeah. Down the tube station at midnight.
0: Yeah, good
1: song.
2: And finally, Mr. Clean.
1: Mr. Clean.
2: Oh yeah, what a song.
1: So that's. Th- most of them are the early jam men. Yes. Yeah, because I'd, I'd say, in no particular order, just uh, I like Smithers-Jones. I like yeah. In the City, Absolute Beginners, Bitterest Pearl, Um, all of them, really.
2: Oh, um, that one about the soldiers, Little Toy Soldiers. Little Boy Soldiers? Little Boy Soldiers, yeah. That's from the third album, uh, 4,000 Certain Sons.
1: And that's why I said on the last podcast, the setting songs is probably one of my... Oh, Thick as Thieves as well. I've gone six now.
2: Yeah. There's, um, there's too many to pick from. <laughs> um, Thick as Thieves was a big favourite of mine and a friend that we were, uh, shall we say, blood brothers when we we immersed ourselves into the jam. And as life happens, it became very much of burning sky. If you know the song, you'll get the reference.
1: Right. Do you like things like English Rose?
2: English Rose, yeah, it's a beautiful song, lovely crafted song, um, and it's so haunting in many ways. Uh, it is, one of, yeah. One of his early, one of his some songs that he did was uh, Pebble and the Boy. That says Paul Weller. Um, that is up there with probably my favourite of his stuff that he's done since he left the jam, uh, apart from the last, 15 seconds of it. If you listen to the song, you'll understand what I'm talking about. There's a noise there that doesn't need to be there. But that's Paul's choice.
1: Yeah, what do you think of Paul's latest stuff? Won't go too much into to the Style Council, but his latest stuff after he did the jam, Style Council, and he did his solo stuff.
2: Um, I think... I, I, I deliberately stayed away from him because I was really angry with him for a long time. Um, like you do, you want your band to continue. Um, but I know... Behind realised he was right to do what he did. He did the right thing at the right time. No one can take that away from them. They went out at the top.
1: Because style council was a different style of sort of music, wasn't yeah. it? Because he had a different drummer. He had Steve White. And just as quick story on like Steve White. I obviously I, put, oh, I like play the drums, but I went to see Steve White at a drum clinic. So that's it.
2: No, it's, uh, no. cell council were a good band, it just it, it didn't work for me. Now, I know many friends it did work for, um, but then again, I was a, a purist jam, you know, mm. uh, in many ways, so it took me a long time to forgive them, and it was eventually a friend, after about five years after Stanley Road came out, I, I want to say, someone said, you got to listen to this, please listen to it, and I listened to it, and I thought, do you know what? He's found himself again and that, that that I don't think he ever went away. Paul's been fantastic at being mm. able to change every time he brings something new. And that's the epitome of being a true musician, isn't it? Very yeah. much so. Yeah. He's challenging. And he's, his volume and his back catalogue is it's up there with the top, let's be honest.
1: What about things like stiff and um, stiff little fingers? That like sort of Bruce Foxton went off. Or- yeah, um
2: I didn't Again, Stiff Little Fingers was more of the sort of a kind of punk side for me. Um, however, I when he, he left that he was in Stiff Little Fingers for over seventeen years, um, and they then left and be, be, he became part of from the Jam with himself, uh, Rick Butler, and a guy mm-hmm. called Russell Hastings. That was the name I couldn't remember the last time. He's a singer, and he's very draft, good. And if
1: you close your eyes, you you sometimes can't tell the
2: difference. Um, Yeah, I went to a gig First, again Although I was in a covers band I'm not a big fan of going to see Bands doing their version of You know Or kind of tribute act Sort of thing um, Because you tend to get a different version of it But yeah, that surprised The life out of me, what a great gig And in some songs, you beat Paul Vela Live, and I have to be fair And give credit for that
1: That's a dodgy thing to say yeah, I'm a big
2: critic, but well, I won't take it to her opinion. That's what this is. That's what being a mod is all about. Definitely, you definitely. Know, I'm not here to please everybody. I'm here to please me. When it comes to the northern soul music and the choices of songs.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's um more the jam and more the punk side of things for me. And but I think after tonight, I'm definitely going to investigate some more northern soul. Oh,
2: thank you. Well, I hope you do. Um, Except because...
1: two songs.
2: Yes, apart from those two, we'll, we can give you them. Um, <laughs> Don't S- want them. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so
1: apart from punk, northern soul and the sort of, what sort of style would you say the jam is? If it's punkish, the punk era, post-punk, pre-punk? I
2: always saw the jam as a new wave band. New they're one. Not, they're not. Yeah, they were not a punk band and they were not a mod band. And they never will be. Anyone that says The Jam are a mod band are clearly backing up the wrong part. The Jam were never a mod band. They were always a new wave, but they were heavily mod-styled influence. If you go look at the clothes, the music, the cover versions that they did, but they did it with the, the kind of energy of the, the punk anger, shall we say.
1: Is that the same as could be said of Dex's Midnight Runners? Because like, they're pretty big in the mod scene as well, aren't they?
2: Yeah, um, they did some original covers uh, that were fantastic. Some of their own stuff was original grave songs, and Kevin Rowland has a phenomenal voice. Um,
0: he's
1: supposed to be not a very nice person, though, I've, I've heard, in, in band wise. He's in, like very, it's my way or no way.
2: Well, I think you'll find that there's an awful lot of lead singers like that. Um, I think they have to be, that's what gives them that ego to go into that stage because yeah. uh, you know yourself having walked onto a stage in front of any more than 150 people it, it can be very daunting and to take control of that room sometimes you need that person to say this is the way I'm doing it I yeah. don't always agree with it but that's why they're the lead singer they're the best. that's the reason they're there yeah, very,
0: know, yeah. Very they're, much so.
2: they're the front man you know No lead singer is better than any other equal part of the band, because they couldn't make the sound they make without each other.
1: I think he was hard to work with when, like, practising and recording. I think he went through quite a lot of people. I'm sure there's a documentary out about him.
2: I'll have a look at it. Um, Yeah. been in rehearsal studios for many times, yeah, sometimes the tensions can run high, but you've got to be able to... Somebody's got to crack a joke, you know, laugh about it.
1: Well, that's because you've got some asshole drummer that's tapping away when everyone's quiet, and then, like, when he stops, you've got another asshole guitarist tuning up. Yeah, be and there. then the bassist is just <laughs> staying out of it, and then you've got the singer. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, and everybody's going, one, two, one, two, one, two, two one, one, two. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you coming on, I hope it's enlightening people, because I think music nowadays is shit.
2: And I think um, we need to go, yeah, I agree with
1: there's you. not much of it, you're not going to have a band like, say, The Jam again, for a long time, I wouldn't have thought. You'll never have a band again like The Beatles for a long time, because The Beatles have influenced so many people, and just like The Beatles have been influenced by people like Elvis Presley. Yeah, but
2: yeah I, you go. I mean, back to Chuck Berry. Yeah. You know, that's where all this influence all kicks off from.
1: Loops, ragtime and things like that.
2: Yeah. I go to an open mic night every Tuesday and it's uh, a blues jam, open mic night. And it's incredible. That's my guilty passion of the week, shall we say.
1: I did see that on your Twitter, yeah.
2: Um, These guys have been doing this State Bar Jam for 26 years.
1: Bloody Nora.
2: Yeah. And you got to hear the quality of some of these musicians. It's incredible. And it's free.
1: So what, do you just go up and have a sing song? Uh,
2: No, I I go just to listen to real blues players, real musicians. I'm not a musician. I was a guy that made a noise with a guitar that sounds something like something you remember. Um, These guys are the best one of them is certainly a guy, a chap called Jim Kelt. That's K-E-I-L-T. And he is one of the best guitar players I have ever seen, bar
1: none. Mm. That's yeah, it. I've tried to play guitar. I can't go on with it. My like older brother's a guitarist, and like, he's really good at it, but could could never get my head around it. Uh, yeah, just I, I, I
2: like an I acoustic guitar. Doing my version of a song, it sounds similar, something like it, but it's the way that when I do it, because that's just my voice, sort of thing.
1: And I think also on acoustic tides I do prefer the acoustic to electric, so like so sometimes it's a, like more more emotional.
2: Yeah, you can put your own spin on it. Yeah, definitely. Make it your own, you know, and that's what I like about it.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, shall we organise a podcast for next week and we can talk about blues?
2: Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> well, no, because, like, you know, we'll, like, sort of cover it and I've got a, you know, I'm a massive music fan. Not that people might say that now i fucking listened to all this, but um <laughs> blues is better because it comes from, it would go back even further than, like, sort of Northern Soul and things like uh, Robert Johnson.
2: Oh yeah, you go back to these guys. Um, you know, Muddy Waters. These kind of these guys just knew how to do something with guitars.
1: And also, Robert Johnson's got a backstory to him about yeah. selling his soul to the devil. And obviously, then there's the film Crossroads that was based on him.
2: I know that chap that I mentioned to you can play that blindfolded, which the whole thing.
1: Oh, um, that's. Um, was it Paganini? I think yeah. it was a Paganini song and it was Steve I who, who played and obviously Steve I played with Frank Zappa and he also transcribed all of Frank Zappa's music into tablature. And he is if I can no one's heard of Steve I go check Steve I out. Because he's probably one of the most well well not mo well known, but probably the most respected consensured best guitarist. Or yeah. what? So, we'll do blues next week, and I'm going to do some research on it. I'm going to do I wouldn't have to,
2: because i just go there to listen to the music and know a song that I (laughs) recognise.
1: Well, you've got to find ten blues songs. Five blues songs. Right, right, five. We'll go with five, right. We'll go with five blues songs, and we'll find out about the history of that, and we'll just have to talk about blues music and music in general and where's it gone. Because, like, as I say, it's like things like... Uh, brin's got talent the x factor it's taken that it's all about fame it's yeah. all about fame and you've mentioned when you're in your room playing your acoustic guitar that to me sounds like you played it for you
2: yeah and uh, yeah that's you have to, first of all yeah. like your own love and uh, i think
1: with music you've either sometimes got a talent with it and i'm not being disrespectful to anyone or you haven't got a talent with it, you like sort of can learn the guitar or the drums I and mean, be very robotic on it, but then you can learn the drums and have the feel with it. And See, that, know. that's the
2: thing—you need to be able to learn. I'm not capable of learning how to play the guitar. I just keep doing my think sounds right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, the,
2: the, the,
1: yeah, yeah, that's it. Because I mean, I've come across some. Sort of drummers that can play, but they're very flat in like they're playing and it's very robotic. Yeah, so they can read it, they can play, it, boom, bah, boom, boom, bah, but they can't play it with like a feel. Like another drummer could come along and play the same pattern and make it sound completely different.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, we sometimes have up to six or seven different drummers on the open mic night, and the six quality, or seven, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll say what, well, people just come out in the crowd and just have a jam, sort of thing.
2: Yeah, you've got four main guys that play bass, lead, uh drums and rhythm guitar. Yeah. Through two, two mics. And at some point so they'll maybe say, Rick, you're a guitarist. When you come up, who are you going to play? And somebody who's you wanna say play the the rhythm section. Whoever's playing rhythm will step down and let you go up with your guitar and you play the whatever song you want to play, and the rest of the band follows you.
1: Yeah, sounds good.
2: Oh, it's brilliant. You usually do two songs, three songs. We've had some of the, the most famous um, harmonicas, players in the world in there. Really? Yeah, saxophonists, guitars, guys from really well-known bands They come in there on their night off to play, uh, because it's blues and they're playing with professionals that are dirty jam. Yeah. Some some songs go fifteen minutes.
1: I could drive up and go on the drums. Yeah. So it's a little long way for me. Where is it, Glasgow? Yeah, it's Glasgow. That oh, fucking had to take me a day to get there, probably about eight hours. Where are you? <laughs> uh, I'm in a place called Cleethorpes, and I'm just gonna go on my um phone and see how long it would take me. Not that I would come to Glasgow because my <laughs> a my car won't
2: make it. Um,
1: <laughs> Glasgow. There we go. First one. It's nearly five hours.
2: That's nothing.
1: Four hours, 54 minutes.
2: Uh, that's that, you that adhere to the, all the regulated speed limits on, isn't it, though?
1: I, I have to, because I've got six points on that. No, I've got three points. I've got three points on my licence. You're so a boy. It's not my fault. I, I was coming up in L, getting my pack up out, and I didn't see him. No, that's a joke. I was just coming up in L. <laughs> I better refrain from saying that. I was covered up a hill and it was on the kerbitcher. And I thought, what a sneaky fucker to like, put his van there. And like, the reason I got caught because it was a police one, not a safety roads van. And I've, I have heard before the police vans are stricter than the more safety roads one. And then two weeks later I got a fucking parking ticket and a bollocking because it was a work thing. But there oh, you go. God. We live and learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So massive thanks for coming on again, Alex. Um, it was better to talk about that than like the last two episodes. I know the last two episodes are like a massive part of you, but it was just nice not to talk about anything. What's going on?
2: Just For me, stuff it was it. fantastic. That's why I was so looking forward to it because it I thought it would be easy to get a top ten, Rick. Like. Honestly, I really, really struggled. There, there is over forty songs that could have been included in there. <laughs> Um, I could have went on and on So I struggled to get it down to the 10 that I prefer Not the 10 that the scene thinks Should be the top 10
1: But what you prefer
2: uh, And for the reasons why uh, And I had a lot of fun Because I to listened to a lot of song music Songs I hadn't heard for a little while been onto YouTube, tried to find Put the list together yeah. What I've done is the playlist that's there It's every one I've attached the lyrics to it Because sometimes it's the words That make the song
1: you have, aren't you? So if you attach that, if you send me on Skype, send me that list, that will take people automatically to that list on YouTube, won't it?
2: I think so. I'll need to make it public, I think, but I'll go and see if I can do that, and I'll send you on Skype.
1: We'll do that. Um, shall we say it the same time next week?
2: What today is today? Monday.
1: Uh, Monday. You...
2: Can we make it... Uh wednesday that'd be better
1: wednesday's fine we could have done this without doing it on the podcast to be fair but that's me that's my fault so i want to say a massive thanks again alex massive thanks to everyone who listens if anyone does listen i'm sure they do and also a massive thanks to our new sponsor which is oh, fucking hell, rip it up horror they'll be pleased with that that just fucks it whole lot. so it's 10 percent for a tb3 code go check them out. everything will be in the description Again, Alex, thanks for taking time out, especially time out in your own time before the podcast to research all of them songs and putting a list together. Uh, And yeah, we'll see you next week, Wednesday.
2: Thank you. And again, thank you very much. It's been my absolute pleasure. Before I leave, what is the record for being on the show, Rick?
1: I think when you're on it fourth, I think you'll be the right leader.
2: Yeah, let's go for five then. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I'll tell
1: you what, yeah. I will give you some research to do then because I will get you to have a look at some punk stuff, some hardcore punk stuff.
2: That I, I tell you what, why don't we do that for the next podcast instead of the blues?
1: Okay, then because I've discovered black metal as well, and I've been listening to black like black metal for about a year now. Right, so I'm really into black metal. So I'll get some black metal stuff together. You research sort of the stiff little fingers there of the punk era, that end, and we'll combine and we'll see where we go.
2: Okay, dokie, sounds like a It's going to be mind. exciting.
1: Brilliant yeah. stuff. Well, thanks again, Alex. And again, everyone else is welcome to come on the podcast to talk about anything they want to. So, brilliant stuff.
0: <laughs> I'll see you soon.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: The Podcast.